Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Glad that you're with us. Sandy Max is here. So is Bob Brainerd on sports. Debbie Lazica's got your roads. And Adam Roberts is producing the show today. What have we got our eye on today? This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Well, first, a woman on trial in Green Bay for the dismemberment of her husband attacked her attorney in Brown County Court today. Stop it. Stop it. That is them scuffling. She has tackled her attorney. She's on top of the attorney. The deputy intervenes. And eventually she is subdued. This is a terrible story. Taylor Shaw business is 25 years old. She's accused of using meth, going crazy, strangled her lover with a chain in the middle of having sex, and then dismembered him. And now today she attacked her attorney in court. The hearing has been delayed. Everything has been pushed back. The attorney says, uh, yeah, judge, I don't want to represent her anymore. We will continue to update this bizarre story as it moves forward. Yeah, because that outburst was right after her trial was delayed. Yeah. Strange woman, that's for sure. What's next? New information this afternoon about the object that was shot down over the Great Lakes Sunday. It has a local connection. It does indeed. Those F-16s flew out of Madison's Truax Field. Now, they weren't the fighter jets that are based there. They were actually from a Minnesota unit who happened to be there for training. U.S. military also says that it took two missiles to bring down that object over Lake Huron. The first Sidewinder heat-seeking missile missed its target. The second one landed. Each of those missiles cost $400,000, and they've yet to recover the object that they shot down. What's the third thing? True crime on stage. This September, the Milwaukee Rep will premiere a Milwaukee true crime musical. This is bizarre. This is really weird. Get ready for the Rep's version of Run, Bad Me, Run, a new musical about the saga of Lori Bembenek. Remember her, 1981, convicted of the murder of her then-husband's ex-wife. She fled at one point. Many think she wasn't guilty. She escaped from Teichita Correctional Institute. She left for Canada. Absolutely bizarre. The music and lyrics have been composed by Gordon Gano. He's the lead singer and songwriter of the Violent Femmes. Yes, Gordon Gano, yeah. This is his This is his creation. He has a distinct voice as well. And not just vocally, but a, a distinct perspective. And he's written some really grim songs that I remember. This is uh, right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, Let's yeah. add this to the list of things I will not be seeing. I think it would be a fun Wisconsin's afternoon fun? news outing. I think we should support local theater. And yeah, your definition of fun's a little different than mine. <laughs> Give it a chance, John. Give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. I'll circle back with you, you go in see September. It and we'll give you time on the show to review it. Okay, you, I, uh, I'm you, out. I'm you, in on you that. You tell us how it is. It is 3:13 at WTMJ. Mark Cass, the editor in chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, takes us inside the big story of the day, which involves the Brewers and surplus funds, your tax dollars, possibly at work. That's up next. The governor and the Brewers making news today. Governor Evers proposing that the Brewer Stadium District get $290 million for long-term improvements and maintenance for American Family Field. It's part of his budget proposal. Mark Hass is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. He's with us live in the studio. Mark, it's always good to have you here. Great to be here, John. How are you doing today? Good. So let's get yeah. real foundational with this. Okay. What 
what does the governor propose? Okay. Where would the money come from, and right. how will it be used? Surplus money. I mean, there's a lot there. Seven billion dollars. That's not a million. That's a billion dollars. He needs to spend, or he wants to kind of allocate. He's allocating it here. It'd go right to the stadium district, not to the Brewers Stadium District. To basically, kind of how I've been explaining all day is kind of all of us who own a house, we have to pay maintenance, right? You have to, you have to switch your roof. You have to. Upgrade your windows. You have to do all kinds of stuff around the house. Well, that's what they're spending this money on. I mean, it's maintenance for the stadium. It's new seats. It's a new scoreboard. It's new things around the park. Basically, you just need to upgrade the stadium over time because it's being used every year by over 3 million people. So it's going to have wear and tear. So that's kind of what you're talking about here, kind of at the foundation of it. Okay, so they collected a tax from us five counties for years and years and years. They have $90 million still in that fund. Correct. But it's not enough to cover these repairs. What happens if the legislature says, we're not on board with this? Well, they have a lease through 2030. So the brewers are basically are obligated to stay through 2030. After that point, obviously, it's up to them. It's up to the state in terms of what would happen. So what they're trying to do here is to get them locked in for another 13 years, through 2043, 20 years from now, basically, to get them locked in so that everybody knows kind of what's going to happen, kind of what's going to be spent. And so that we all know they're going to be here because that economic impact that everyone talks about has to be locked in for long term. Mark, uh, for fans out there, for yeah. folks out there in Wisconsin yeah. who say this is a game of chicken, the okay. Brewers aren't going to go anywhere. Right. I look at the landscape of Major League Baseball. They're already lining up cities like Vegas, yep. Nashville, Montreal again, Charlotte. There are places that teams can either relocate or get expansion teams. So sure. to think that the Brewers wouldn't leave for greener pastures, so, right. so to speak, that's really, that, that's kind yeah. of tucking it away, isn't it? And again, I want to say that the Brewers haven't threatened it at this point. The Brewers haven't said that, but for those of us who are old enough, and, and I'm probably one of the, kind of one of them in the room who is, we all remember the 1990s when the Brewers actually threatened to leave. And it, and the result, we got, we got the money for Miller Park. But how hard was that? Think about that late night vote and one, and one state's senator who's now out of a job as a result of that. How hard that was. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a legitimate threat if, over time, the, the Brewers could look at other options. It's happened. Has it happened a lot? No. But, you know, sports stadiums nowadays with money, is, it's, it's tough. Anywhere in the country, not just here, anywhere. So, Mark, up until now, the financing of the stadium and the maintenance has yep. come from the five counties that surround Milwaukee. This $290 million comes from the state. So this it was collected it. in Superior right. and in Brown County. And in La Crosse, I spoke to the aide of a Republican legislature in western Wisconsin today yep. who said this will never fly out there. Yeah. We don't want to have to pay for the stadium. We don't want to hear that this is Wisconsin's team. We don't want our tax dollars. Is this going to be a difficult fight? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt this is going to be a really hard fight. And I'd be shocked if it ended up kind of right now. I mean, really, as it is. Because you're talking, I mean, you're right, John. You're, I mean, if you're in Hurley, you're in Eagle River, you're in anywhere across the state, it's a hard sell. Even though, obviously, obviously for them, for them, it's a statewide team, and the impact is statewide. Uh, a majority of the impacts here. I think the other argument for, for you're going to hear is that a lot of the money in the state actually actually comes from this area, right? I mean, we have more people in Milwaukee, we have more people in this region than anywhere else in the state. So, kind of be look at that. But you're right. I think the argument's going to be hard up in Madison. I think over time you're going to look at a compromise here. I mean, it's clear from everybody we've talked to today, even even other Republicans who 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 have been very critical of this, are saying we want to look at other options. We don't like his option, but, but, but you know, it's important to look at other options, whether it's bonding, 
whether it's someone else. I don't think you ever see a sales tax. That's not going to happen. Yep. But something else really to make this work. Because I think everybody understands the impact of the brewers, but is it? But is, is it this the way to do it? I feel like a lot of business owners are expected to, and I don't, so this isn't an exact comparison, but sure. a lot of business owners are expected to take care of their own buildings, right. even if they are leased and that sort of thing. So we have a, a texture on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620-414. The question is, why doesn't maintenance costs and stadium replacement costs get saved out of the ticket prices. Right. I think that's a great question, but it's not the way it's it's currently set up to the lease. I mean, the lease says the brewers hold on to revenue from the ticket sales, from the beer sale, from things that happen in the arena. I'm sorry, from from inside the stadium. And, you know, through the maintenance agreement, they should, the, all of us and through the stadium district are helping to pay for it. It was the way that was set up, you know, 20 years ago and has really just been in place. So, I mean, I think it's a great question, but not, but, but it's not really the way it's set up. I think people are going to have a hard time wrapping their head around, people who don't really dive into this, that yep. the Brewers were worth $225 million yeah. when this was built. Now they're worth $1.2 billion. Yep. Mark Atanasio is not worried about where his next meal's coming no, from. I don't believe so. And has deep pockets. <laughs> Correct. Now, and it's paying for millionaires who are playing yes, in the stadium. Exactly. You hear that over and over again. So... How 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 do we get past? How does the governor? How do proponents of this get past that narrative, which will right. happen throughout northern and western Wisconsin? I mean, I think it's economic impact. I think you have to look at what they mean to Milwaukee and what they mean to the region and what they mean to the state. Every time all of us travel, whether we're in New York, L.A., wherever we go, we hear about the Brewers, right? You hear about the Packers, you hear about the Bucks. Sports is a national and international draw. I mean, it helps your city. There's no argument with that. I think the economic impact, what it means to the state. I mean, I think the fact that every time a sports a sports team is here and plays, they pay they pay income taxes. I mean, is important. Really remembering what that economic impact is, and if they leave, I mean, it's gone. And how many cities have lost teams? And I've said, what the heck did we do? So I think that's the argument, John, over time you're going to hear. And, and I think we'll win over time, but it's going to be a long time. And as I've been saying all day, you know, none of us like to watch how the sausage is made. We're going to have to watch it in this case up in Madison, and, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. Hey, I want to ask you one quick question about the Bucks. The other breaking news yeah. this week has been that the Bucks owner, one of the Bucks owners, right. maybe is selling his share. Yeah, Is this a big deal? Is it's, this likely to happen? It is, and it is a big deal, and kind of why it's happening is all about money, right? I mean, this. I mean, they're at their highest point now in terms of their value. Think about what was paid and kind of where they're at now in terms of value with Giannis. You know, obviously, obviously a great team. So you know, he's smart. He wants to make his. He wants to make, obviously earn the most money he can in terms of impact on the team. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about one of the three main owners who will have an impact really on the future of the team, it's important. And and kind of who we're talking about here, who who are the current owner of the Browns. You know, I mean, it's it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out and have a new owner in town would be very interesting. I heard somebody say that it's bothersome that it would be somebody who's not from the area. Right. Well, these guys well, are from right. the area. It's like wait a these, second. These we two guys three are from guys the area who are rarely here. Who have obviously had a tremendous impact on our city and have done great things for Milwaukee. There's no no argument there. Mark, doesn't this situation seem a lot like when we went through the Bradley Center issue of right. trying to replace that, and and we got the price tag for just fixing that up, yeah, and then we're yeah. like, okay, we need a new building, and right, we, right. we already went through the gymnastics of this, so it's the same thing. It goes back to your point of right. no matter how new the building is, yeah, it always, it's got to be maintained. You're right. I think people people kind of lose track of we paid five hundred million dollars. You know, you know, 20 years ago. Well, you know what? I mean, I paid X number of dollars for my house 20 years ago, and I've spent X number of dollars since, right? You had to put a new roof on, had to, 
<laughs> had to redo the driveway, had to upgrade the improvements so that more people come. Obviously, the nicer the stadium, the more money they make, right? Which means the more money we all make in terms of the stadium as a whole. So I think that kind of gets lost in that we pay for it once, it's done. Well, I mean, who does that? Mark Hess is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Check out their article on this and all their coverage on their website, online, easy to find. Your turn to weigh in. $290 million in tax money going for maintenance for the stadium. It goes to the stadium district to support the brewers. Good idea or bad idea? Yes or no? 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. We'll take your calls and your texts up next. Mark, thanks for being with us. Always good to be here, guys. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. So the Brewers say American Family Field needs more public cash. Governor Evers is proposing $290 million for long-term improvements. It would go to the stadium district. So the Brewers don't own the stadium. This district does. Taxpayer money and the five counties surrounding Milwaukee were used to build the stadium. And some maintenance was taken out of that fund. That fund sunset. It went away. No more money is being collected for that fund, and the Brewers still need maintenance. The governor says that it should come from the rainy day fund. Excuse me, not the running day, from, from the surplus, the surplus that has been collected and is sitting in the coffers. Some say that's a bad idea. What do you think? 855-616-1620. Is this a good idea? Is this something we should be doing? Or is this uh, not the right way to handle things as we sit here on this Valentine's Day? Uh, give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. Let's start with Mike, who is downtown. Mike, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. I agree 100% with Governor Evers. If we don't do this, it's going to hurt the economy of southeast Wisconsin, especially the Milwaukee area, number one. Number two, their lease ends in 2033. And if we don't do something, you can say goodbye to the Brewers, and you will never have Major League Baseball in Milwaukee again. So it's a prudent decision. It's a smart decision. And I know you're going to have Robin Boss on at 447. You said that. I don't want to hear him say what he said this morning, that, oh, they blindsided us, and this was not discussed at the table. Two weeks ago, Robin Boss boasted he has not spoken to Governor Evers in two years. So my question to Robin Boss, and I hope you ask him this, how, how can you talk about this at the table if you never come to the table? That's a key point. And I don't want you to let him get away with stating that without covering the facts. All right, Mike, thank you. Thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. When you get your own show, you can decide what questions you'll ask Robin Voss. It is 342 at WTMJ. Let's get a couple of texts in here. Uh, From the 414, when you buy a house, you have to update it and pay for repairs. Isn't this the brewer's house? Why aren't they updating it and paying for the repairs? Kind of complicated because the brewers don't own the house. Um, I, I think it's more like if you live in an apartment building, are you required to do the uptake on the apartment building? You don't own the apartment building. The brewers don't actually own the stadium. Uh, from the 414, this is a bad idea. I'd prefer $300 million to go to the police, fire, EMT departments across the state to put some teeth into making Milwaukee a safe enough place to visit. Only arguably we haven't seen all of the budget yet. So I would like to think that Governor Evers has, uh, there's a, there's still $7 billion, and this is $300 million. Nothing to sneeze at, but one, I've, I've been doing research. I even printed out the original lease agreement, and it's very separated. You know, the obligations of the team include roof maintenance, so that falls under what they are responsible for with their money and the reserves that they've saved up. So it just isn't as 
clear cut as, oh, I own a house. I need to get landscaping done. I need to get the roof repaired. There are different categories of maintenance, and most of it falls on the stadium board. Uh, phones are packed. Let's go to John, who's in Kenosha. John, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Hi there. I'd say uh, give them the money only if they help the seniors out, too. And uh, you mean if surplus money food stamp people, you know, surplus? spread it out. John, thank you very much for the phone call. That's it. Thank you for the phone call, John. We appreciate you taking the time to call. 414, uh, or excuse me, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line if you'd like to be part of the conversation. Um, Lots of text. Unfortunately, we don't have time to get to those texts. I'll tell you what, we're going to continue this discussion as we head through the afternoon. Robin Voss, as you heard, will join us coming up at 445. You can always be part of the conversation. The Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. CBS Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett, up next on WTMJ. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. His awesome book is The Big Truth. You can hear his podcast, The Takeout Podcast, which is always fun, here on WTMJ. I think it's on Sunday afternoons now. It is. That's when I usually hear it. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be with you, John. How are you? I am good, and we're talking baseball today, but from a different perspective, Major, the Brewers owe $300 million in maintenance on their stadium, and the governor is proposing that tax dollars that have already been collected are, and are sitting in a surplus be used to take care of that maintenance. And so the debate is beginning about whether tax dollars should go for that sort of thing. Uh, in recent years, this has become an increasingly difficult conversation for sports teams and public money, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, because I would have to suspect the Brewers, a successful franchise, not as successful last year, as they would have liked to have been, but successful winning and putting uh, fans in the seats for the last couple, three years for sure, is a profitable enterprise. And one of the things that I think is difficult for most fans to understand is most team finances, and I include my beloved San Diego Padres in this category, are opaque. They're very hard to read. They don't, baseball teams don't disclose what their actual profitability is. They always sort of mouth this, well, we're, less successful, less profitable than, than we'd like to be. But we don't really know exactly what their books look like because they don't disclose them, because they don't have to. And I'm, I'm stunned that the Brewers don't have enough money for maintenance of that Miller Park. I mean, I'm stunned. I, I would be very surprised if they don't have the wherewithal. Now, they may want to use that for some other purposes, but I would be astonished if they don't have the actual money available to do that or to offer more I mean, are they asking for some sum of like 400-some million? Uh, about 300 million. So here's the deal, and this really gets in the weeds a little bit major, but yeah. the Brewers don't own the stadium. There's a stadium district here. The stadium of district course, is obligated yep. to pay the maintenance, so that means the Brewers and their owner technically don't have to. It falls on the stadium district's plate to do that. But to your point, the Brewers, when this guy bought the team, were worth $225 million. Now they're worth $1.2 billion. So this doesn't right. sit well with people. No, exactly, because it goes to stewardship and what's your what, – what, what are you involved in? Is this and do you treat it not just as a profitable asset for yourself? Every owner is entitled to do that. But is it at any level a community asset? And I strongly believe 
sports franchises are community assets, at least in part, and it is the obligation of owners to act in kind. Now, that's a recommendation. That's a sort of rhetorical flourish of mine. It has no actual value other than I'm I'm a customer, and all the customers in Milwaukee are customers, and they want to know what the owner's orientation to them and this community asset actually is. And I think this is one of the ways to satisfy and answer a question like that. Pony up some money. I would say the stadium district uh, that does own 70% of the building, uh, to your point of, uh, you know, how are they funding this? They had set aside, as of 2020, $87 million in reserve created with the stadium sales tax revenue and payments by the brewers. So to cover the improvements throughout the brewers' lease. So it's not as if they're crying poor, poor. They at least are not looking for a full-on handout. But to your point, are they saving enough? Are this yeah? Are, and are you doing enough? And look, I I know. And if someone from the Brewers might say, well, do you want us to spend more on this or players? Because better players make us a more competitive team and more profits. I I get all that. I'm just saying two things I know are, are a fact. Baseball team finances are opaque, and the average ticket buying public doesn't know as nearly as much as it ought to about what the actual books are and what profits are year to year. Even teams that are terrible, that lose 100 games a year, make money under Major League Baseball financing through the league and through their TV contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a side conversation going on in Major League Baseball about the profitability of futility, meaning you can be a terrible team, invest in almost nothing, and still make a killing. Is that good for the health of the game itself? It's good for the owners for sure. But is it good for baseball? Is it good for competition? Is it good for growing the sport? Probably not. That's a side conversation. I'm just saying people don't know nearly as much about the, the actual financing of baseball teams as they should. And at the margins, team owners should not only be civically minded, but put some actual findable money behind that civic attitude. CBS Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett is with us on WTMJ. So, Major, I think Friday is the one-year anniversary of the beginning of the war in Ukraine. That's hard to believe. General David Petraeus was asked in a recent interview, who's winning the war? And his answer was, it is not Russia, and we don't yet know. You've spent a lot of time discussing and covering this war. How Mm -hmm. would you assess what's happened the last year? So to be clear, uh, I've talked to a lot of people who who have been in war, who are talking about the war, who are thinking about it. I've not been to Ukraine. Don't want to suggest I have been. But I do have paid very close attention because I do believe This is the dominant story, not only of last year, but this year, and possibly for the sake of European history, the early 21st century. Because whatever happens on the other side of this is going to determine a lot, not just in Europe, but possibly in our relationship with China and how we deal with all of these various contours that arise out of Russia's invasion of a sovereign country, Ukraine. Russia's not winning, but that doesn't mean it can't win. If it could have won sooner, it would have. And the fact that it hasn't tells us something about the limitations of Russian military might, the ability to put their strategy in place in Ukraine and achieve their goals. They haven't done any of those things. That tells you the Ukrainians not only can fight, but possibly win. What no one knows and what the Ukrainians haven't defined yet is what does victory look like. And they're not going to be able to determine that until they know exactly how much of Russia they can push out of Ukraine. Can they push them out of every place they've come in since last year? or even more when they started to come in in 2014 in Crimea. Nobody knows that, and no one's prepared to say that. 
So it's not necessarily a standoff. Land is being exchanged, and certainly bloodshed is being inflicted on both sides. But the Ukrainians, if you were to ask yourself who has the upper hand, you would say they do, but only by a slight margin. And there's a long, bloody year ahead. I think that much is clear. All right, Major, what's coming up on this week's Takeout Podcast? So uh, it's Tuesday, which means there's a good portion of the week ahead. We may have someone who comes over the transom, meaning we have a lot of asks out this week. But if not, we have a show in reserve, a great conversation with the head of the London Baines Johnson Presidential Library. Why would we do that? Mm. Well, because in the Biden conversation, is he LBJ, is he FDR? Well, whether or not he's LBJ or not, we have the president of the LBJ Library in Austin, Texas, to give a perspective on that. It's the Takeout Podcast, heard here on WTMJ. Major's book is The Big Truth. You should check it out. You should pick it up. Major, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate you. Thank you, John.